I'm telling you, these people are Satanists. As I sit here, they are Satanists. Nothing will stop the Satanic total release. Stop testing Satan. And welcome to the place we are so sick of the question, why Satan? We named a podcast after it. The topic for today is what do we do when bad things happen to bad people? Can we celebrate it? Is it okay to feel that warming in our chest when we hear that, well, Jerry Falwell has been kicked out of his college? Or thinking, oh good, when we hear that Rush Limbaugh has terminal cancer? Is there a moral problem to these feelings? Are our thoughts wrong? Do we have a moral obligation not to feel good about it? And should we not openly celebrate it in a way that their friends and family can see? These are questions that I asked of people on Discord, Twitter, and in my day-to-day life. But before we get to the main topic, and before we get to the feedback I received, there is a subject in the news I want to cover. It has to do with Kyle Rittenhouse. It is not actually about him but it is about someone else in the story that's gotten a bit vilified in this whole uh, news cycle, at least in some of the the right-wing media sites and Fox News. I want to talk about 26-year-old Anthony Huber, who was killed by Rittenhouse. Since his death, he's been vilified by many people in the right wing. It has been said that he attacked Kyle Rittenhouse, and Kyle Rittenhouse attacked him in self-defense. What the right is leaving out is that Anthony Huber did not attack Kyle Rittenhouse until he had already shot someone in the head. Anthony was armed with basically a skateboard, and it wasn't until Anthony tried to attempt to take away Kyle's um, gun that he attacked him with the skateboard. He attacked a man who had just shot another individual in the head with a skateboard. In my eyes, this Anthony's a hero. He gave enough time for people to get away. He was shot and killed. What does the right always say? We always hear about them having the idea the only way to protect from a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Well, you know what? Anthony didn't have a gun. And now they're saying that Kyle Rittenhouse should use the fact that he was attacked with a skateboard as a defense. That he was having self-defense when he shot Anthony with his rifle. Let's just take a minute to understand that these, the, the type of people we're dealing with here, I don't believe they have any morals at this point. Not real morals anyway. They use their supposed morals as a weapon, and I refuse them allow to ever claim a moral high ground ever again. Again, these are the same people who say, the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And we have an individual here who didn't even have a fucking gun, and he decided that I'm going to try to stop this person from killing anyone else. And you know what? He might have been successful. We don't know how many people could have died had Anthony Huber not attack this individual with a skateboard. He might have bought time for people to run away. According to his girlfriend, people did run away. The crowd dispersed during him attacking Kyle with his skateboard. And now his name is being dragged through the mud. At least it's only being dragged through the mud in right-wing circles. But for me, that's too much. I used to believe when I was maybe more naive, when maybe I was still a believer, that they still wanted what was good for people. I don't buy that anymore. To me, they don't. They just want a narrative. They just want more power to use. And this is the narrative they want. They want to be able to say that this person's a hero because he was defending property. He was defending the lives of others from these rioters. Let's remember, Kyle Rittenhouse 
went from one state to another to protect property he didn't own and killed somebody. But this individual, protecting lives, attacked a murderer, and they have the gall to say that a murderer was acting in self-defense when he killed this individual. This is bullshit. So you know what? I ask anybody who's hearing this, if you hear anyone talking about how Kyle Rittenhouse was defending himself against someone assaulting him with a skateboard, I want you to go to the articles, the article at least, I'm going to put in the show description, and I want you to show it to them. I also want you to ask them about the whole idea of a good guy with a gun. I want to hear their, hear their response. And if they come up with some excuse, they're an asshole. That's all I have to say. And on to the main topic. So, I asked last week about the idea of what happens when bad things happen to bad people. And on Twitter, I asked the following question. Looking for the Satanist thoughts on what happens when bad things happen to bad people. It's something I've thought about a lot lately. Right, wrong, hope for it, enjoy it, gloat, celebrate. Keep one's joy to themselves, celebrate in small groups. I'm looking for people's thoughts. One of the individuals who responded stated that I do not think it's some form of cosmic scorekeeping. I think people who do bad things more often put themselves in bad situation with other bad people and thus are a higher risk of being a victim of those choices at some point or another. Having said that, I think it's a double-edged sword. If someone's constantly a perpetrator of bad ill, it is not a bad thing that their victims and witnesses celebrate the feeling of justice no matter how little, while at the same time having compassion for another's suffering. Another individual stated that it's okay to recognize that sometimes the reason why bad things happen to bad people is that they brought it themselves and reap what they sow. Another individual stated, I think it's okay to hope for it, enjoy it, celebrate it, and all that. Most of the time we just have to trust that people get what they deserve. Since we cannot expect to be able to correct things ourselves, empathy is not for everyone in my opinion. Of course I'm talking about real bad people here, murderers, rapists, many politicians, and all that. Not someone you just dislike or don't agree with. Hell, not even Celine Dion. There were some who disagreed with some of the other sentiments. One person stated that, I've also been struggling with this, especially with everything that's going on. Normally I don't wish ill on anyone, and I try to stay positive as I can. However, it's harder to do these days, and I certainly don't think celebrating it is okay. Another individual stated, We usually have to rethink our own biases and the depth of our compassion. When talking on Discord and even in person, the word compassion tends to be a word that comes up a lot when this topic pops up, especially when it comes to people who are actively suffering. A good example of someone who a lot of people really hate, yet people understand that they will be suffering, is Rush Limbaugh. And a lot of people I've seen have had trouble with this one, since They've seen people with cancer. I've seen people with cancer. I lost my grandfather and my uncle to cancer. Cancer's horrible. People can suffer extremely badly. So when it comes to someone like Rush Limbaugh having cancer, the struggle definitely is there. You want to feel compassionate. You feel bad that you don't feel compassionate. And you might feel even worse that you have some... um, Feelings of emotional release, let's call it. Because I don't know if I'd say joy or happiness and I'm not sure I'd even say celebration but there's definitely some feeling of um what's what's a good word for it catharsis that's that's actually the perfect word for this 
there is a feeling of catharsis, and people feel guilty of it. And they have thoughts that are of the idea that this person won't be able to harm people again once they're gone. Or even if someone were to just break their leg, they may look at it and go, well, at least they're suffering somehow. And there's catharsis there. Let's not say that there isn't for a lot of people. Even if you want to be compassionate, you probably feel somewhat happy. I don't, I, again, I don't know if happy is the right word, but we're going to go with happy and catharsis for right now. Anyway. But no, sometimes when bad things happen to bad people, you feel good about it. And then there's a debate, should you? Are you a bad person for feeling good about it? Is there something wrong about you? Are you as bad as some of the people you're gloating over? That might be a question that comes to you after you've had some of these thoughts. I'm here to tell you no. So we're going to break this down. We're going to break this down into individual pieces. The first part is, is it really okay to be happy? Again, I think yes. I think there's an emotional release. There is some catharsis from people who have caused harm for maybe years. Some of these people have caused harm for years. Not only has someone like Rush Limbaugh caused harm just by the things he said, he has given a spotlight and airtime to others who have caused harm. I would not be shocked if there are some people in government who first got public recognition by going on his show and are currently doing harm. Even if being happy wasn't exactly the most moral thing in the world, is there anything you could actually do about it? Is there any way you could actually control your thoughts about being happy? Can you control your emotions about being happy? Do you think people who felt joy when they heard that Fred Phelps had died were able to put up a quick roadblock and stop it immediately before even feeling the emotion? No, that's complete nonsense. And the more I look into it, I actually think it might be impossible. Example, when I was doing some research, I saw that there was a university study in the south of Wales. They did a study on trying to control thoughts. So in the study, they were given written cues like red apple, red chili. They were told not to think about these things and were shown different colors and tested on what they thought of first. They found thought suppression was ineffective at preventing what they called sensory trace of visual thoughts from forming. Basically, what they mean is it's really impossible to keep yourself from thinking about something. Basically. In another study, a San Francisco University study, and I'm just going to read the abstract from this one, it states, a new study suggests that we have less control over our conscious thoughts than we thought. And then we have a professor at John Hopkins University who states on the question of, why do we have random thoughts before bed? And is there anything we can do about them? They stated, thoughts appear to pop into awareness before bedtime. Their cognitive precursors have probably been simmering for a while. Once those pre-conscious thoughts gather enough sufficient strength, the full spotlight of the consciousness beams down upon them. The mind's freewheeling friskiness is only partly under our own control, so shutting the mind off before we sleep is not possible. These are only a handful of articles I found on different studies that have to do with how thoughts form and if we can properly control them. I'll leave the articles that I mentioned and another one that goes into more detail in the show notes and also on my website when I post the podcast on whysatan.com. Needless to say, however, I don't think you can really control your thoughts to the point that you could feel bad about them. There's no such thing as thought crimes, and I think trying to control your thoughts is basically like swimming against the current. You're going to fail at eventually. Now, we're going to move on to the more difficult questions on this topic. The first one of these more difficult questions is, what about the family? 
What I mean about this is, should you concern yourselves about the family when you laugh and mock at people who are either suffering or perhaps even died? Should you worry about any emotional distress you might be putting these family members under or even friends? Should you worry about their kids, their parents, nieces, nephews, uncle, cousins, etc.? A good example about this that came up was in the case of Robert Trump. Was it morally okay to put out the hashtag WrongTrump, given that members of his family probably were feeling pretty bad about his death, and that probably wouldn't help the idea that people were wishing that it was a different Trump who had died? I can understand why this one might be debatable. I can understand why this one might have a bit more heated discussions to it. But for myself, I'm not going to worry about it that much. The reason why I'm not going to worry about this too much, the family members know who this person is. Robert's family knows who Donald Trump is. They know he's going to get shit. They know if anything happens to their family, they're probably going to get shit. Another difference is, Robert Trump supported Donald Trump. So, in my view, he's kind of an asshole too. If I had a family member who was a complete asshole, I would have called him out. I think anyone who has been morally reprehensible enough to earn the scorn of people enough to where there is some sort of catharsis when something bad happens to them has been morally vile enough where their family members should be able to see it. And if their family members are not speaking out about this, fuck their family members too. That's my stance. The only time this gets a little wonky is when it comes to kids. And when I say kids, I just don't mean the children of, I mean young children. But other than that, I think not speaking out is just as bad as supporting. So if someone in, say, Fred Phelps' family feels horrible that people want to dance on his grave or give him another pink mask, I don't give two shits. They shouldn't give a fuck. And since I knew I'd be using this example, I actually looked up to see if Nathan Phelps had said anything on this topic of the idea that perhaps there would be a pink mask done for Fred Phelps as well. I actually didn't see... Any statement about that whatsoever from him? The only thing I could find in any articles that talked about the idea that a pink mask might happen for Fred Phelps is that he hoped that people wouldn't protest outside the family's home, which I, for the most part, understand. However, it's hard to say in that point since most of Fred Phelps' family are also assholes, so... In the end, I think it comes down to extremes. I think that if someone's blocking your driveway every weekend for like five years, I think if they eventually die or break their leg, it's probably a bit petty and not very compassionate to feel great about it. They mistakenly blocked your driveway. They didn't purposely run over your grandma. However, for people who have caused emotional, physical, and psychological harm, be it direct or indirect, those people, I think, especially people who have chosen to make themselves public figures, have opened themselves up for mockery and just overall ridicule which may and may not stop when you get cancer i'm looking at you rush limbaugh you fucking asshole i mean perhaps if this asshole rush limbaugh had been retired for the last 10 years and he was no longer harming anyone and he had gone quietly into his retirement maybe i'd feel a little more compassionate a teeny tiny little bit don't get me wrong you can still have compassionate well-feeling and embracing an emotional catharsis, they're not mutually exclusive. I don't think they have to be. You can recognize that someone is suffering and that you kind of feel bad about it, while also feeling like, yeah, no, that person's an asshole. And I don't feel that bad about that asshole getting what's coming to him. 
Human emotions are complex. They're not logical. They can have conflicting feelings. You can feel the conflicting ideas at the exact same time. You can feel both compassionate at the idea that someone might be suffering, while also feeling that nature gave you a bit of justice that you normally wouldn't get. Now, I want to be very clear about something. I said natural, and I've talked about accidents and things that people have brought on themselves. The one thing that I will never support any celebration of is the violent harm towards someone else, or at least the extreme violent harm towards someone else. If someone punches a Nazi, I mean, fine, I'm going to feel happy about someone punching a Nazi. But we have to be very careful not to become what we see as vile in others. We see the right who are celebrating a 17-year-old who murdered people. We don't want to become that. We cannot celebrate human-caused tragedy because it might inspire more. And we should never be looking to inspire tragedy or violence. It is the people that inspire tragedy and violence and harm who are the people who have us so psychologically damaged or emotionally damaged or physically damaged that we feel some catharsis when something happens to them. We cannot at all be people who inspire others to cause harm. And I don't think it's that difficult of a stance to understand the idea that if something happens to happen to someone or that something happens to someone through their own fault, that yes, you might feel a little joy, celebrate, feel catharsis from it, maybe engage in a little bit of mockery. But again, we should never celebrate human-caused tragedy because it just inspires more. So next time that special breed of asshole falls down the stairs, don't feel too bad about it. You probably couldn't have done anything about your emotion anyway. But what do I know? Feel free to give me feedback on Twitter. You can also give me feedback on the show comments, which will be on my site, whysatan.com. You can even send me an email at podcast at whysatan.com. Feel free to give me feedback because I could always be wrong. And if someone gives me a good enough argument why I'll be wrong, I'll definitely talk about it here. And rethink my views of the whole thing, because that's part of what being a Satanist is all about. But thank you for bearing with me in my horrible cold, which I'm struggling to deal with while recording. And this has been Why Satan and Hell Satan. Oh, and if you happen to wonder why I'm picking on Rush Limbaugh so much, he's not a government figure, so it's legally easier. 